0: Folks, and Welcome to the Richest Men in Town podcast. I'm Mike Freeman and together with my good friend Tyler Gould, we invite you along on our quest to learn how to be the richest men in town. The show title comes from the line at the end of the classic Christmas movie, It's a Wonderful Life. You've probably seen the movie a million times. It's the scene where little brother Harry Bailey toasts his big brother George, who's dealing with a monumental crisis of finances, of family, and of faith. In that moment, all the problems melt away as Harry gives George the title, The Richest Man in Town. We love that moment and the lessons it teaches and we're committed to try to live that kind of rich life. This little podcast project is all about learning more about what exactly the rich life looks like as men, as husbands, as fathers, and as friends. Here we will sit down with people that we think have something to teach us about living a rich life, even if they don't think so. So we raise a glass to our guests and to you. We hope you get something out of it because we know we will.
1: I woke up the other morning with um, a couple of talks on my mind that I want to write. I think I sent you.
0: Yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious about the uh a little more. Is that what was that?
1: Yeah, a little
0: I, more. I'm I'm curious to even to to know what you're thinking there.
1: I just feel like, you know, I when I when I was bishop I always had this conversation with people about capacity, you know, and and we 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 have this tendency to like um sell ourselves short as to what we think we can handle and what, you know, what we can do and you know, how many times did you have someone tell you like, Oh, I can't do that. I I'm just so full. Right. But I just, I, I feel like in, in those moments when we push ourselves to do a little more that man, the, the windows of heaven just open up, you know, and, and that's when we get a true glimpse as to what our real capacity is. And, and not only just capacity as, as far as our ability to do more, I think it, 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 it shows us our true nature as sons and daughters of God. I really feel that like when we push ourselves beyond what we consider our limits and we, and we let uh heavenly father kind of intervene and, and fill the gaps, it, it really gives us a glimpse of who we are. So I'm looking at, I'm looking forward to writing that one. And then becoming, I like that idea, which is kind of what our podcast is about.
0: Yeah. No. I think that uh, when when I when I saw that a little more, I I thought of uh, something that uh, stake president um, shared with us on Tuesday night, and I think he gets it from folks he serves with on the you know in the area presidency. But the thought was, uh, man, when you do without being told, oh yeah, right, yeah. The blessings, the blessings of being obedient, the blessings you know the Heavenly Father has in store for you when. When when you're on the errand and you and you you're magnifying your calling, but you get into a different level when it's initiative of your own. Ah, uh, you know, you know Mike. And my, that's like that's that's unlocking something.
1: I I agree. And you, it, I always think when I when I hear you say that, I immediately think of the brother of Jared, right? He says, "Hey, I'm in this tight ship. We got no windows. We got no air. We're gonna die in here." And the Lord says, "Look." You're going to cut a hole in the top we'll cork it up. You'll be good. Hey, that's great. I don't have light though. What are we going to do? And he says, yeah, you don't have light. What are you going to do? Right. And I just do? love that idea of like, yeah, just kind of figure it out, bring it back and we'll, we'll make something happen. You know? Yeah.
0: And the beautiful thing about that whole scenario is there's lots of ways to skin that light cat. Mm-hmm. You know, that yeah. wasn't like the predestined you're going to go up there and there's going to be 16 stones that right. are there. And the purpose for them even being there was on that day, you were going to go, you know, like, no, he's got a problem. He's going to solve it. He's going to figure out a way to do it. And I just love, and every time I'm in the temple, I go to ether three and I love when he says, touch these stones.
1: Uh, I, I do too. Oh, like I, that's I, just like, yeah. you know,
0: I'm, I'm busting it here. I'm doing, I'm trying can you just be in this? Like, can you just reach out? And I know, I know that you can, and I know I got no business even coming to you with this. And this right now for you is probably so lame, right? There's a million other ways to do this, but this is what I came up with. Yeah. I
1: love, I I think that I always think, I, I always try to put myself in that situation, you know, where you're you're coming. And he, I, I could see him almost being sheepish about it. Like, look, this is what I came up with. If you touch these stones, we'll have light. Right. And he's just like, yeah, we'll do that. That's, that's good. And, and I kind of think I, I kind of connect that with Nelson's, the Lord loves effort. Look, he went out, he did the effort. He came back. It sounds wacky. I, br- I brought you these rocks to touch. I don't know. You know? And the Lord's like, I love the effort. Here we go. Yep. And I, it
0: makes me think of Holland, uh, you know, imperfect people. Yes. So all he's yeah. ever had to work with is these yeah. frail, imperfect, you know, imperfect people,
1: Unbelievable.
0: you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so what's, what are you what, what's, what's cooking in the brain on becoming besides Michelle Obama's book?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I you know, I want to become like Michelle Obama. Yeah. Right. Um, I just think this, you know, this idea of, of, of pushing ourselves, realizing our, our, our true, true nature, you know, I just, I have this thought all the time and I've, maybe I've shared it with you, but I used to ask people like, think about, I want you to think about the time that you would consider yourself the best you've ever been spiritually in your life. You know, maybe that was the day you were baptized. Maybe that's when you were a missionary. Maybe that was you know, whenever that was, and then I would tell him the challenge is to be a little better than that, right? Figure, figure out where you were and then figure out what you got to do to be a little better than that. Now, if the, the reality is when I think about that, that time and now are probably a big gap, but I just like that idea of we can become exactly who we're meant to be if, we, if, we're, if we're bought into the process, you know? And we're honest with ourselves. Like, I think that's the, we're our own worst enemies when it comes, I'm my own worst enemy when it comes to that. Uh, you know, I've, I've probably told you this a million times, but one of the one the main lesson I learned in the MTC was when I was screwing around in a class and my teacher told me to knock it off and I gave him whatever my lame excuse was. And he said, Elder Gould, you can justify yourself straight to hell. Those words just ringing in my head every time I think about making an excuse, well, you can justify yourself straight to hell. You know, anything I could, I could make a reason for a hundred reasons why I shouldn't do what I know I should do, you know, but the reality is. You can also if,
0: justify doing what you shouldn't do.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh,
0: like, Oh, what am I hurting? Who am I hurting? Right. Yeah. But if you can, I, I, I can't believe I'm going to say this word. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, I had it I had it compared to uh, justification is masturbation. you're only screwing yourself <laughs> That was probably a senior comp who uh, you know maybe had a month left or something and was just like, hey look Man, that let's, is good let's just let's just call it let's yeah. call it spade a spade.
1: I love that yeah. you know what there's something powerful in just just dropping dropping it like like that quote or justify yourself straight to hell I mean, I, I mean, I'll tell you, man, there, there's been a ton of times in my life where I could have been offended, you know, Wayne, Wayne Mayer, remember Brother Mayer? Oh, yeah. I, I've told you this. I was sitting in Elder's quorum. I was Elder's Quorum president, and I can't remember what ward, but I was in in a combined ward, ward conference, combined Elder's Quorum class, you know, or, or priesthood. He's teaching the lesson. I'm sitting there in the crowd of men in a blue shirt and i'm sitting next to jared eller who's in a yellow shirt in a room full of guys in a white shirt and brother mayor stands up and he says all right brothers i'm glad to be here today before i get started on the lesson i just want to talk a few minutes about why we wear white shirts to church and we're the only guys in that room who were wearing white shirts i knew it the second that came out of his mouth i was just like this big. But man, I love that. I think back on that, and I'm like, I love that he had the gonads to stand up there and chuck that in my face. And I, I just, I, I, have a lot of respect for people who are willing to do that.
0: Did you change?
1: I have never, from that day forward, I never, I've never worn in a colored shirt since. Okay,
0: and I, and, I think one of the interesting uh, thoughts about this podcast and this project yeah. is that word change. Mm -hmm. And I love that word becoming, um, because people, we say people can change, right? But the general rule is they don't. That's right. You know, unless, unless people have the courage, I remember I showed up, uh, Kelly's grandmother was sick in the hospital. Yeah. And, uh, Paul Chamley, man, Paul, uh, Paul called me and he's like, "Hey, let's go give her a blessing." And I'm like, "Absolutely, Paul, I'm there." And I'm shorts and a t-shirt. And Paul Chamley <laughs> dressed in nines, slacks, white shirt, tie. Yeah. yeah. Paul Chamley doesn't have to say anything.
1: Yeah. He Dang. did it.
0: He right. did it, and I made a mental note: I will never. I'm thinking this is grandma, right? This is like, it's family. It's informal. justifying. I'm justifying. And I see the way he lived that life that in that moment. And I was like, I want to be like Paul. Never again. Amen, Never dude. again am I going to do that. Yeah. Right. And I, didn't have to say a word.
1: Yeah. And I think one of the reasons I like the word becoming is because to me, it 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 speaks of a journey a process right it's not like just flip a switch it's like it's this process of refining and trying to be better and
0: yeah man i get i can get into this for hours but like i think of i think of the parable of ten virgins yeah and i think of that uh bridegroom going (laughs) in and those foolish ones are trying to get in and they knock and he's like i don't know you Yeah, you know, and I think there's a footnote in our in our text as a footnote. You know me not, but I really love that. I don't know you because in my mind. I'm trying to become who he knows. Right. That's it. I I know I was there. I know that I was there and I knew him before I came here. I'm trying to become who he knows so that when he sees me. I'll be that guy. Yes, right. Not dirty, broken, right. mortally sick down here, but I'll be that guy. Yeah. And the fear is I go knocking and he opens and he's like, Oh, that's not the Mike Freeman. Yeah. That's not the Mike Freeman I know, man. Yeah. <laughs>
1: like, ah,
0: yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. okay, so th- this episode this episode is about mm-hmm. taking our own medicine, right? This episode that's is it. about Uh, we're going to be bringing in some guests and we're going to be asking them some questions and full disclosure, because these are our friends and we want an interesting experience. We are going to be letting them know what we're asking them. Uh, even to, you know, we're going to be at give, we're going to be giving them a ballpark idea of where we're going to be going in the show. And so I thought, uh, we've got, man, we had a cool experience, uh, in the history of the podcast the other night, we called a couple of buddies on a zoom and we pitched it and said, "Hey, what are your thoughts?" And they were all about it. That was kind of cool. That was cool validation on on the part of, you know, like maybe we've got something here that will resonate with other yeah. with other folks. I, I love
1: that call. It was fun, and I thought that their reaction was was exactly what we wanted. Even though I, I would, if you would ask me how should they react, I wouldn't have been able to tell you. But how they reacted on that call was exactly what we wanted.
0: Yeah. It, it, yeah, it, it, we couldn't have scripted any better, and I can actually see that. I can see that repeating itself every yeah. time we extend the invitation to be on the show. I agree. So, so the thought is, that, so the guests are coming. We've got one lined up. A good friend, uh, a good friend of ours will be be joining us. Um, but the thought would be, let's let's give a test drive on some of these questions, right? Yeah. Let's uh, let's let's take our own medicine and let's see uh, what these. Questions stir up in in our hearts as we think back on, on, on some things that maybe we've experienced, uh, good things, bad things. Um, and in that path, in that journey of becoming, what has life taught us up to this point so that we can maybe use that as a frame of reference for lessons that we're going to be learning ahead?
1: Yeah, I like it.
0: So, okay, you, you helped, you were in the room, right? The virtual room when we created these questions and these questions have always been, um, you know, what this show, what this show's about, at least the purpose of where we want to go with it. I'm gonna, I'm maybe we just take some turns and we, we pepper each other, not a job interview. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We just, uh, we reach out and we, we, uh, stir the pot a little bit with some of these questions. What do you think?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Let's dive in.
0: Uh, I don't know if you've checked it, but I've actually added a few. <laughs> uh,
1: I'm, I'm looking at it right now and I'm
0: like, yeah, oh, I've, I've added please. a few that uh, I've <laughs> added a few that actually let, let's, let's, let's go there. Um, okay. I think one of the things about a rich man is that there's courage. Right. Um, and I think you and I have spoken before about what courage means and uh, courage is looking into that thing that you're afraid of. Yeah. But not letting it, not letting it take you, take you down. Right. Not, not letting it win. Um, We know that fear does not come from God. We know that uh, it doesn't mean we don't have it. (laughs) Right. So I added a question just tonight, uh, just in my mind, kind of picturing sitting down with some of the great people we're going to be sitting down with and asking the question, what are you afraid of? Mm. So Tyler Gould. Yeah. What are you afraid of, man?
1: Oh, man. I mean, there's a lot of things I'm afraid of,
0: but I will tell you. I'm not you, talking spiders and speaking in front of people, right? Ladders or heights or I think I'm talking thing, about.
1: Yeah, I, I got you. I think, I'm. I, you know, one of the things I'm afraid of is um, letting people down. That's a, that's a fear. And so let me, you know, and, and that's, that's an interesting thing for me because I think there's times where we have to be willing to let people down you
0: know it's gonna happen
1: it's gonna happen we can't be every everything to everyone right which I think that's that's a something I I maybe struggle with I I want to be I don't like to see people disappointed I don't like to see people sad or hurt so you you
0: say as you say that I'm going and I'm going there in my mind yeah right there's been some times where it's like oh man yeah wow and, yeah, and it's it, out, right? It's not like I'm walking around like, "Hey, I got this," and I'm holding it privately. No, it's out.
1: Yeah, right, right,
0: right. It's. So out. I think
1: letting people down is a, is something that I'm I'm afraid of, and 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 there's been people that I've let down, that I've I think I've come to terms with that, right? And and I've I've made peace with those people, but I know there's people that I've let down that I've still got work to do, you know, to either repair something there or, um, or, or maybe swallow my own pride, you know, there's some, there's some things there. It, it, there's, there's a, so that's a fear of mine. And, and, and especially when it comes to people that I love, you know, that, that's a thing, you know, you got people that you love, um, whether your, your, your relationship is firing on all cylinders or not, you still love them, so when you let them down, you feel like you've let them down. Boy, that that stings for me, and uh, and yeah, that's a fear, man. That's a definite fear.
0: Well, and I think that that that's a great answer, and it ties into it ties into what this project is about, right? Yeah. Um. Because as we know that, uh, as we know the the reality is we've done it. The reality is we will continue to do it. Ideally, it's less and less and less. I think of that great quote. Uh, maybe it's oh man, I'm gonna butcher that, but uh, you know the gospel of Jesus Christ makes good men better. Right. Somebody that cusses a lot, uh, you know, take, takes takes uh, takes the invitation of the Savior and follows him and follow tries to follow his example and cusses less and yeah. less and less until a day when he doesn't do that anymore. Right. You know, they may smoke and they smoke less and less until a day when that's no longer in their heart. Right. Um, and, and really, I, I think that man, if I had my wife on here, she could add a couple of situations where, uh, I, I let her down, you know, and, and it really hurts when it's that close. It really does. Mm -hmm. And there's been times where, um, it, it, I've been unaware Yeah, Um, that is actually that is one of my fears. I actually I have a couple of them. But one of the things that I'm afraid of is that what if I'm walking around this life thinking what I'm doing is enough. And it's not. Yeah, you know, know,
1: yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I have a
0: justification world. Mm -hmm. Right.
1: But I will tell you, there's that's an interesting thought, Mike, because I have that same sort of nagging at me. But I think it's also a motivator too, right? That, that's, yeah. a, that's a driver on some, on some levels for me. I, I feel like, man, have I been complacent? You know, I gotta, I gotta get out and do something. I gotta call some people today. Yeah, <laughs> you know let,
0: me, let, me, let me tell you this story. Uh, yeah. this is near, this is near and dear to my heart because this week is uh, educator appreciation week. Yeah. I've been reading some uh, of your posts. Yeah. Man. Dedicated a life to education and been touched by and, and uh, had my life changed by some, some teachers. Yeah, and the first. So every day this week, I'm putting out on on social media just um, some thoughts on on who they are and and what they did for me. That first person, Nancy Hickson. Yeah, uh, she would refer to me, Tyler. Her nickname for Mike Freeman, in uh, in the '90s, in Love High School, was Loser Deadbeat.
1: Hey, you know I've. <laughs>
0: but here's what here's where she was going with it right I was yeah here's where she was going with it you know the same being called out for that that colored shirt business right she was letting me know that I was underperforming
1: yeah yeah
0: she was letting me know man there's a whole episode on that word potential right oh I hate that word love that word probably the most loaded word in the English language that yeah but she knew I was not living up to the potential. Um, that I was mailing it in. That I was not even close to being who I could be. Yeah. And I loved her for it because she straight up rattled my cage every day.
1: Yeah. That's every day. Deal, man. And th- I, I, you know we were talking about that 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 idea of brutal honesty. You know, people that can can say those kind of things. And you, and the the interesting thing is you can have someone say that to you. And it is just offensive. You're like, look, I'm gonna fight this guy, <laughs> right? But then you can have someone say the same thing to you, and what for whatever reason you just know this person loves me, and and this person's really hoping that I I do something different, you know? Yeah,
0: it's all about that. It's all about that relationship, right? Yeah. It's all about the has have they made deposits so that they can make that withdrawal?
1: Yeah, it's it's funny. I, I years ago up in Reading, actually, I was getting ready to hold a a fireside, a church meeting for a bunch of youth. And i had asked this one young man to conduct the meeting, you know, and he showed up to the meeting in a, in a t-shirt. Right. And, and, uh, and I just, I looked at him and I said, man, you're better than that. And I, and I just walked off, like, I'm going to walk off and do my thing. And I didn't tell him he couldn't conduct. I just said, you're better than that, man. And, uh, he, you know, walked the other way and came back five minutes later with a white shirt and tie on and conducted that meeting and killed it. You know, I think, you know, and, and, and the reason, right. is because I think he knew that I loved him. I, you know, he was a good kid. Um, but I'd had a lot of people in my own life that did the same thing to me, you know, flick me in the back of the head and say, Hey, you know, straighten up. And, uh, and, and I, and I knew it that they were flicking me in the back of the head cause they loved me,
0: you know, but he was playing small
1: yeah, absolutely. Testing the waters, right?
0: Yeah, he was playing small, and he knew when he walked into that meeting that he was he was not prepared for that meeting, and that he was testing, you or mm-hmm. testing, testing everything, right? Because right. that's what kids do.
1: And that's what you did with that teacher in high school, and she she saw through that, you know.
0: Yeah, Which yeah. Cool. You know the cool uh, the the uh, the the unhollywood ending of that story yeah. is when I'm in college and. Uh, I'm sitting there and the you know what am I going to do with the rest of my life? And uh, I decide that, it's, that it is education. Um, I go back to high school and I go on campus and I go into her classroom and I say, "Hey, Mrs. Hickson, I'm gonna teach." And you were an, inf- an influence. You ins- have inspired me to do this. And she looked at me and said, "What the hell are you thinking?" <laughs> <laughs> These kids like don't read. The parents, all the parents are on drugs. Like, <laughs> go get a go get a a job that pays, right? That's awesome. <laughs> and so my world starts to crumble a little bit and then it's like, okay, I'm not I'm I'm doing this. I'm doing this for 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 me. Um, you know, she might have been in a spot, maybe some burnout or maybe something, right, yeah. but um yeah i'll never forget that that was like whoa that did not go the <laughs> yeah i was expecting it to go
1: it's gonna be a lean you
0: know, on me moment you know yeah you know one of the things that uh one of the things that i would actually put on my list of things that i'm i'm most fearful of and i loved your answer um i'm a i'm afraid that uh you know the things that matter most are slippery No, for sure. Uh, They're they're fragile, and they they require care, and they require nurture, and they require attention. And my fear is that life is going to give me a a crisis, and I'm going to go to grab that thing that I really need, and I don't have it. Yeah. You know, like I go to grab it to defend it. You know, I go to grab that faith. I go to grab that testimony. Right. And to, to, to face that Goliath that is staring at me that I cannot do on my own. And out of my own neglect, it's slipped out of my hands and I don't have it. Yeah. That that freaks me out.
1: You know what, Mike, it's funny because you and I, again, have had this conversation in the past. I, I like to read books about historical figures and, you know, historical events. And I swear, man, I read these books and I'm like, I'm in awe continually of, of just people and like the human spirit and, and the ability to overcome these incredible things. And I always try to stick myself in the middle of that. Like, what would I do? And I'm the guy who's like, you know, the red coats are coming. I'm like, look, people relax. They're not that bad. (laughs) We got a pretty good life, man. So, and you always tell me, you're like, you know what, dude, you, you're in those situations, you're going to rise up. You yeah. know, and, and, and I, and I think I, I but that's a valid fear that, that you bring up. I, I have that same thought sometimes, especially when it comes to like my family, like, you know, how, I, how, how fragile are the things that we love, you know, that, that, that will endure through the eternities. Those things are fragile.
0: Well, and think about it. A friend calls you in the middle of the night and their world's falling apart. Yeah. And you go and you're trying... You try to respond to that situation with your own faith, right? And it's not there. In fact, it's kind of like it's. This is a terrible analogy, but it's like Millennium Falcon, yeah. Right, and the bad guys are coming, and you try to hit warp speed, and it's like, "Mm." yeah, no, (laughs) you know, like, and I and I think it's a healthy fear because it, uh, you know, a fear like that compels you to. Take care of your business, right? To make yeah. sure that you are okay and that you're right where you need to be right. Um, it's almost like, you know, that is it I. Yeah. One of you is gonna betray me. Is it I? Yeah. You know, that mentality of like, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. And I know that I know the things that matter most require that care and attention. And I'm gonna to try to live on a daily basis, providing that attention that it requires. But yeah, yeah, it concerns me. And I've seen, I've seen, you, you and I have both seen people where that challenge comes and it's like, yeah, red coats ain't so bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm totally. gonna, I'm gonna, this is where I stop. This is where I stop being that person because it just got too hard. Yeah. It's still true. Right. But it's too hard.
1: Yeah. No. And I think that that's, I mean, it's a, it's a valid fear, but I, I think too, you know, we talked about this, I think, last episode a little bit, this idea this to, that we have to continually put in an effort or work or, you know, to the things that, that matter most. And, and that obviously that's our families and, and everything else, our jobs, right? But I think on a personal ba- level, we have to be really committed to, um, to, to some, some spiritual growth when it's just you and the, the four walls and a book. You know, I think those are the moments where we really can can start to fill in the, the, the cracks and the crevices a little bit with some uh, something that's going to firm up the foundation, you know.
0: Yeah. And I really hope that out of the conversations, action happens. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and for us, so selfishly speaking, we were very clear in the first episode. This is about us. And if it happens to benefit other people, which we know it will, then great. Man, as we talk to these folks, we're gonna feel some things, you know, right? We're gonna have, a, have an idea or have a thought or a person. Usually it's a person. Man, I got to reach out to that person. I want I need to serve that person need to help. Um, I just we're gonna be better men if we if we do that. Yeah, absolutely. Not think about it, not, not write about it, not talk about it and record it for a couple of hours., yeah. but actually out of the conversation say, okay. I'm going to do something about that, right? I'm going to commit and I'm going to, and it's in the doing, it's in the doing and we've heard it, right? Do better to be better. Right. That, that becoming is an appropriate, that's, that's a great, that's a great thought because you become by doing and we're not doing, um, we're not doing to earn points. Yeah. right. Right. We're worthless. We're worthless creatures, right? We are, by the great, by the grace of God, go I, yeah. and we're not doing these things out there to to win the honors of men. We're doing these things so that we become something different. Yeah, right. We change.
1: I can, you know, you certainly can say. I mean, I, I can think of I can think of moments where, you know, I've had conversations with people and. I, I'm going into that conversation knowing that they're in need and I'm feeling like ugh, I'm not I'm not 100 percent there, you know, but um, but that ability to kind of dig deep and, and, and reach a different level and say, OK, you know, I can I can help someone else. I, I think those moments have helped me more than it's helped anyone else, right? Where yeah. I've just come out of there going, yeah, that was- Yeah,
0: if, if this show's was... about uncovering the secrets of the universe, right? The little George Bailey truths that change people's lives, that's one of them. Yeah. And service sure. happens, right? When we dedicate ourselves to service, all of a sudden it puts our own problems in. Yeah. An interesting perspective. Absolutely. Hey, okay, so um, talking about change, talking about becoming, you and I believe this. We we have a good dear friend who uh, I remember the first time he told me that, and I latched to it. Um, we talk. We're going to be talking often on this program about life turning on tiny hinges. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Our lives. Yeah. Our lives have uh, have this way of pivoting at some crucial moments. So, could you think of a tiny hinge moment where one seemingly small thing happened that changed everything?
1: Oh, my gosh, dude. That's That's hard because it's hard because I have so, like, in my mind, I have this really lazily kept Rolodex, right? (laughs) A Rolodex. (laughs) Yeah. And, yeah, that's how my mind works. It's (laughs) not like old and decrepit, you know? Great model. (laughs) But... It's, it's, it's full of these, these almost, these almost just boring interactions with people that have completely changed my life, you know, and, and that's, and I think in the, in the middle of those interactions, I don't see it at all. But when I, when I've got those, you know, a a few days, months, years behind me, man, I look back and go, what, that was that was one of them, you know? And, and I, I you know, a lot of, a, a lot of that for me is um, like, I could I could say, you know, when I was 18, almost 19 years old, I was getting ready to, to serve a mission for my church. And I had gone through this whole process about trying to decide whether that's what I wanted to do, because there was zero pressure in my household for this. Right. So, um, I think my mom would have loved me to do that. She thought it would think it was great. Um, My dad on the other hand was completely against that. Right. Um, And so I had, I had gone through this process of thinking about it. What should I do? And I I told myself, you don't need to do that, man. Like if you stay here, pops is happy. He's not going to be upset with you. Your mom's going to support you no matter what you're going to be fine. Right. And I, and I had, I had let that sort of sink in and become my reality for a moment. And then I just kept that thought just kept coming to me. Like, is this, is this really it? This is where you're at. And, and I making the decision to go and serve for two years and the fallout that came from my father, that was a big moment. Like that was sort of the, uh, you have to learn how to. This is your swimming on your own kind of deal, you know, and and I think that that moment in time has shaped uh, so many decisions I've made moving forward. I mean, so many, from marriage to uh, children to school to jobs. Uh, you know, trust yourself, and and uh, and and things will be okay. And and honestly have my dad to thank for that. You know, that's the reality of that. You know, that's even ironic.
0: though that's ironic. Yeah,
1: right, right. So, yeah. So maybe that's bigger than a tiny hinge, but I would say if I go back to my, my, my crappy Rolodex, it's full of tiny hinges, dude. Like I, I mean, my interactions with you and our friends and just while we're playing golf, there's moments in time where those things, you guys are laughing about something that that's funny. And I'm thinking like, that just changed my world completely, you know? And, and I, I live for that, man. I live for sort of pulling those moments out of what we think are the, uh, the, the random or, or the, the, the moments that have very little depth to them. I think there's a lot of depth,
0: you know? So that's interesting. And I think perspective helps that, right? Right. Time removed from it. Now looking back on it, man, I, I, I can actually point to like I am the person I am and I've said this often before I'm probably who I am living like on this track um because of four or five hinge moments um That's awesome. I remember uh I remember I am having um a good time uh it's summer it's boys and girls in a hot tub college Right. So fill in the blanks, <laughs> yeah. what might be happening. And um, I'm sitting in this hot tub and it's every person's problem. I mean, it's probably every 18, 19 year old kids ideal situation. Right. And I can't get my mom's words out of my head. <laughs> right. Like my mom's words, like you can be anything you want to be. Yeah. You can do anything you want to do. Right. And giving me always hope, always no lid. There's no limit. Go do it. Right. And I'm looking around at the debauchery around me. And there's this incongruency that I, that's, that's just making me uneasy at the moment. Yeah. I'm not talking about a religious experience. I'm talking about, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. would call it positive tension. Yeah. That stretch of who I knew I could be and who I was. And that stretch was, uh, it was killing me. Yeah. And I actually say out loud in that moment to the people around me, something's got to (laughs) change. Like I got to get off this. I got to get off this train. Yeah, This train is heading to a place that is not matching up with what my mom wanted from me. Yeah. And bless my mom, right? Because I, I don't know. I can't point to a specific day when she planted those words in my head. It was always <laughs> planted. It was always right. expected. And those words, those words... Uh, saved me that day because now i'm not going to say i immediately i mean i probably i threw that out there to the crowd and the crowd was like you know maybe like a pause and then it's like anyways right but a seed was planted that day where i drew a line in the sand and i was getting off that train some way shape or form uh i needed i needed help and i needed to i needed to make some changes And that's why it's so fascinating to me when some people have those moments and don't take it. Yeah, well, I presented with it. They're presented with them just like we are. Yeah. Right. And there's probably been hinge moments that I have missed. There's probably been things that have been like, hey, get it. And I'm like, whatever. Right. And I'm doing I'm doing my thing or I'm doing what I want to do. But man, I think to myself, I love to do this, Tyler. I love to look back and I love to look ahead. Yeah, I probably need to be better at being now right? but looking back i think to myself what if yeah what if that moment doesn't happen where i consciously throw it out to the universe that mike freeman is getting off of this train right i look at the life yeah. i have i look at my wife i look at my kids i look at what we're trying to do i look at my friends i look at the the experiences that i've had all of that crumbles yeah like if we're going back in time and we're doing like, you know, time travel and we want to, we want to mess with stuff, go back to Mike Freeman at that hot tub and take that moment away. It all crumbles.
1: Well, I, I like that thought, Mike, because I, you know, that's sort of my, you know, that's, that's that Rolodex, you know, I, it's like, I've been in so many, so many situations in my life where, yeah, the, the words of someone comes ringing into my mind, you know, whether that's my mom or even a friend, you know, that that said, dude, I'm leaving, you should go and I stay. And then as things go south, I'm like, geez, I should have gone with that too.
0: (laughs) This is not good, you know, but. That's a beautiful, that's a beautiful thing to bring up though, because sometimes that hinge moment we learn through pain.
1: Absolutely. Right. And I was going to say, there's plenty of times where I've had that thought and ignored that thought. And, and boy, I don't, I don't like that. Right. Like now, you know, I, I've sort of, I'm sort of at this place in my life where if I have a feeling that I need to do something, I'm doing it, man. Like it's gotta happen. And it's gotta happen fairly quickly Mm -hmm. or else I'm in a, I'm feeling like I'm missing an opportunity, but, but there's been plenty of times where that hasn't been the case. And, And, and you're right those moments though have been valuable as well because I've learned from that pain, you know? Um, but I, Mm -hmm. I agree with you. And that's why I
0: appreciate this project brother, because we're recording, we're recording our second episode, right? We're doing some things that we've been thinking about doing for a long time. Yeah. And to me, there's just, there's something liberating in the doing (laughs) come what may right. Focus on the process. The outcome will take care of itself. But like, I, I appreciate the fact that, you know, we're taking this time and creating this space to have these conversations because this lifts me, this lifts, lifts me to higher ground. Uh, I love that. There's one line in the, in the new Testament where, you know, the savior just says, friend, let us go higher. And I don't even, it's totally out of context of what he's really talking about, but I just highlight that. And I'm like, that is what, that's what I need. Yeah. Right? yeah. I need the people that are going to say, friend, you know, let us go higher. Hey, speaking of pain, Yeah, That leads us to this one. Uh, I I probably need to Google this and we'll put it in the show notes because somebody much smarter than me said it. I just grabbed it and I always, always say this. We only learn through pain. Yeah. Um, Can you give me something that you carry in your heart that you know to be true right now and the reason why you know it is because it hurt. You learned it the hard way.
1: Oh. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things, and I'm gonna
0: take credit for that question. That's my question. That's, no, that's a great. A that's a great question.
1: It's a great question, and it's not one that it's. I'm really stoked to talk about. To be honest with you, <laughs> I mean, there's there's a lot of things, but um, yeah, I mean, me as a father, um, yeah, I know what I want to be as a father, based on what. I witnessed as a kid. Okay. And, and and those, those things were not always super positive, you know? So I do remind myself of that on many occasions when I am frustrated, upset, fired up about something. And I, and, and the train starts to leave the tracks a little bit. <laughs> I, I remind myself like, look, dude, you, you grew up with that. All right. Like, let's fix it. Let's bring it down and let's uh, let's get this thing back on track. So yeah, those
0: goods are fiery.
1: They can be fiery, man. And, (laughs) and uh, I mean, you know, so yeah, I, I honestly, Mike, I think about that all the freaking time, all the freaking time, what I want to be. And I've told people before, I am grateful for all of the good people in my life that have been positive, positive examples to me, and I'm grateful for those people that didn't live up to what they should have been, because that was that that example to me has been just as powerful.
0: Yeah, sometimes life, uh, sometimes the most powerful things in life is the non-example. Right. Yeah. You know the not the 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 show me what not to do, and actually so that I can learn from your mistake and not make my own. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, right. I'll take that. Yeah. Show me the wrong road. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, you know, ironically, mine's on mine's on on the dad situation too. Uh, you know, I, it, this is just woven into my story. You'll probably hear it in multiple episodes. But I I did not know my father, um, and I learned that there is there is a thing called too late.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, you know, I, I I I kick that can down the road. Hey, find him. Hey, find him. Just connect with them. I don't need him in my life, but just reach out and let him know that the best thing he ever did was to to leave. Yeah. right. He was caught up in some things. The best thing he ever did was leave me a couple weeks before I'm born. Yeah. Um, I was going to be Corey, brother. I was going to be Corey and uh, he says, name him after me. And so now I'm I'm, (laughs) I'm a junior. Right. But I kick that too many times down the road. Uh, Because then I reach out to a retired police officer and say, hey, could you help me find this guy? He's probably incarcerated. Long story short, he passed away in a trailer in Ocala, Florida from a medical coma or a diabetic coma. Right. Um, Drank himself to death alone in a trailer. No obituary, no services. Um, And to be brutally honest, that hasn't, that part hasn't hit me. I get the lesson that too late. There is a thing, there is a thing called too late. The fact that that will never happen in this life that hasn't hit me. And someday I'll be walking, I'll be playing golf with you or something. And I'll, it'll, it'll crush. Right. And it'll, that, the reality of that will will hit those conversations will never happen in this life. Um, you know, and right now maybe I'm just really good at distracting myself and avoiding that the the emotional confrontation of those issues. Right. But there is a thing called too late, and it kind of goes to your thing. If you have a feeling, if you're thinking about doing something right now, you yeah. know, like I don't want to quote Van Halen, but I will. I won't sing it, <laughs> but right, but right now is your tomorrow. Right you now know, means everything.
1: And, and and again, I think this is sort of a recurring theme. But this, you know if I would have known that when I was younger to just take action, when the thought was there, there was, I, I probably could have avoided some pitfalls and some pain in my life, but, but what the heck I'm 45. I'm trying to figure it out now. Why, might as well. Right. Well, so, that's
0: that, that's that cast it forward, right? Pitch it yeah. forward. So think about where you are and think about where you're going and that track, right. That, well, I don't, I don't, I don't have a, uh, a fatalist approach to things. I don't have a, a destined, you know, yeah. destiny kind of thing. Uh I am an agent unto myself. I'm to act and hopefully not be acted upon. Right. Um but man, learn it. Learn it. Take yeah. it and you know and and say, right. okay, moving forward.
1: But you know what else, Mike, I think too is that we I've told people this before, you know, when I'm talking about we've I've been talking and kind having of having conversation with people who are going through some hard things. And there's just like this level of shame, you know, like, oh my gosh, this, my life will never be the same because of this. And I've always told people like, you, you're, you've gone through this experience and at some point in your life, you're going to be looking at someone in the eyes who's going through something just as difficult. And the only way you're going to be able to lift them out of that gully is because you've gone through this right now, you know, and that's sort of the irony of life, right? That we have to go, we have to get beat up. And we have to get kicked in the shorts a bunch of times. So when someone says, man, someone's kicking me in the shorts, you can go, yeah, I know. And you'll be okay. (laughs) You know, like, because we've, we've gone through it. And, and, and again, that's sort of the process of, of going through the war enough times that you can, you can see that there's, that you're going to be okay at the end of it. But boy, there's a lot of people that you've helped and will help can continue to help because of that thought that you have. That hey, it, you yeah. know, there is such a thing as too late.
0: So know? not a question. Not a question on the script. Actually, we're going to leave exactly. the script. I'm going to I'm going to throw you one. Uh, you just said something, and, and it, <clears throat> uh, it, it it kind of triggered something, right? Yeah. I mean, I think that uh, I think that the question is when you are. We're all dealing right We're all dealing with hard things how do you deal
1: oh man um like
0: what is that what wow. is that what is that formula and have you ever been in a moment
1: mm-hmm.
0: when down the road you've realized that you're now holding a strength that was once a weakness
1: yeah so okay let me let me try to let me try to dive into that a little bit. Sorry,
0: double header there. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So how do I deal? How do you deal? I will, I'll say this. Like one, one thing that, that, that helps me deal is my faith. So I'll just throw that out there right, right up front. That, that's a big, that's a big thing for me um, to be able to turn, turn to something that's bigger than me that I feel like can help pull me through something. But I will, but, but, there's been plenty of times where I've been ready to throw it in and just call it, call it a day. You know, it's, it's all over. And, and it's been, so how do I deal? I deal because I I know good people that for whatever reason, and sometimes there's no reason they love me. They, they, they treat me good and they're concerned about what my final outcome would be. I'll put my wife at the top of that list she's probably seen the darkest of the darkest, you know? And she, and, and when I'm ready to say, look, pack your bags and get out of here because this ship is sinking. (laughs) She's willing to say, all right, let's suck it up for a second. We're going to be okay. (laughs) And I think, I think part of that is just, um, surrounding myself with good people that, that maybe see more in me than, than I can see in myself sometimes, you know? Um, So, so that is, that's how I deal that and my faith, right? I mean, I I can't tell you how many times I've laid in bed and probably prayed for freaking hours on end, you know, for some kind of outcome or thought or revelation that might get me out of a pickle or, or whatever. Isn't that
0: interesting? Like so many times that answer comes with strength to get through it. That answer comes with deliverance from it, right? It goes away, um, and some you stuck with. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, right.
0: And sometimes, you know, we're still we're still looking, we're still looking for those for those answers. I would say too, in that that faith that faith helps me house the idea that um, I have been helped before. Yeah, I will be helped now, and I will be helped in the future, and it's all for experience. Yeah. It's all for experience to be able to point me to say, yeah, there." remember that one time there are totally. moments when I've looked at my wife, I've looked at Kelly and it's like, there's going to be a day when we'll look back on this and say, how did we get through this?
1: Oh, totally. Absolutely. You know,
0: having that, having that, you know, the, the opportunity, the, the eye of faith to get that vision of like, we're going to be on the other end of this. Yeah. Right. You they know, can't, they can't, they can fire you. They can't eat you.
1: Yeah. Well, it's funny. You know, I have a friend of, of mine who he should be a guest on this at some point.
0: Write him down. <laughs> Let's do it. He's, Book a,
1: of- he's a Vietnam veteran. Um, he's a, he's a really smart guy and he, he went to, to Vietnam as a machine gunner and I'm going to botch a lot of these details, but you might have a lot of talks and
0: we uh, will we'll put the corrections and retractions <laughs> yeah, in the show notes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but I, Steve so, Harvey, <laughs>
0: by the way, Steve Harvey from yeah, episode he, one.
1: <laughs> he was telling me that he, when he found out, you know, he that he got drafted in the Vietnam war and he, um, he found out his assignment to be a machine gunner. And these guys carry the big machine guns and they walk through the jungles and they go on, to, you know, on, on, uh, on deployments or whatever through the jungle, looking for the, for the bad guys. And, uh, he was sitting next to some random guy in the, in the stand in the school auditorium as they're handing out these assignments. And the guy says, Oh man, you're a machine gunner. Your, your average lifespan in Vietnam is 21 days. And, and he, and my friend said, yeah, I just started crying like right there. I just broke down and started crying. Um, and then he was telling me that, and I tell my kids this all the time. This is so if you ever have heard me say this, this is, I'll have to credit uh, my friend Bob for this. But he was telling me that one time he was out on a little tour out in the jungle, you know, doing his thing, and they got, uh, they got hit with some, with some enemy fire and some explosions. And he said as he was laying on the ground, uh, he started feeling himself to make sure he had all his body parts and there was guys dead around him and he was there. And he just said, uh, it could, it could be worse. Right. And he told me, he said, Tyler, my whole, my whole thing that I kept telling myself while I was in Vietnam was you can do anything for two months. You can do anything for six months. You can do anything for a year. And so whenever I have something that's hard, I swear, or I, tell, I tell my kids this all the time. When they complain about something to me, I always go, you know, this math class is so hard at school. I go, you could do anything for one semester. You could do anything. It's not that, not that big a deal. And so I think perspective, right, is, is a big deal. And it's, it's great that we have people in our lives that, you know, sometimes we, we're going through stuff and we're like, man, my life is a train wreck. And, and, we, and then we start talking to someone else and they're like, you're not going to believe what I'm going through. And you're like, thank the good Lord. I'm not going through that, right? I mean, how many times have I told my wife, I will take our set of issues any day of the week and twice on Sunday,
0: you know? It's I mean, a comfortable load. We all would run to our own pile because that's yeah. a known burden.
1: Yeah. So I think, you know, we have a little perspective, but it's good that we have people in our lives and, that are willing to share some things with us that we can say, oh my gosh, yeah, I don't have it so bad after all. Or I can do this. So that's my mantra. A lot of times, you know, when I'm, when I'm stuck with something that I'm really dreading, I'll, I'll tell myself you can, Tyler, you can do anything for 30 days or you can do anything for the next year. You're going to be fine, you know? And, uh, it's a mantra.
0: So, uh, on that other one, have you ever been in a place in life where you realize you're holding a strength? Maybe somebody comes up and compliments you on something that you do, you did well. And you realize that, oh man, at one time that was a, that was a weakness and it has now become a strength.
1: Yeah. I mean, this one's hard, harder for me, I think, because, you know, I, I, I think I, I need to dig a little bit more to, I'd have to think about that a little bit, but I can tell you that, um, I've had a lot of opportunities in a lot of different areas to have leadership roles and, uh, and I can tell you, like, that's never been when I was, you know, that's never been something that I felt super strong about, you know, just that that kind of thing. And, and, but at, through a series of experiences, right, and, and dealing with people, I, I, I feel more comfortable with that. I feel like that's something I I'm not afraid of anymore. Um, I think at one point in time, I was, I would have much rather when I was younger to just kind of fade into the background and do my own thing and not have to be out in, in front of everything. But, but I've, I've sort of realized that that's not, that's not what I'm supposed to do, you know?
0: I'm yeah. supposed to right and it's of. not that the ta it's not that the task has been easier. It's that your capacity has increased. I think it's yes. interesting. Cause I'll, you know, in, in, in life you're given positions and you're given opportunities to speak in front of large people or large groups of people. And, um, my son will always come up to me and ask if I was nervous.
1: Yeah. My kids do that too. Yeah. And I
0: was like, you know what? Shake my hand right now. Right. <laughs> Feel how clammy my hands are right now. Um, yeah, yeah I'm nervous. Um, but and in, in that, that Mrs. Hickson, that teacher, she killed me every time I was a communications class and it was a speech every time I got hit with monotone. (laughs) Hey, and now I'm like, man, where's that monotone guy? (laughs) And people look at my life and they would think that I'm an extrovert. Yeah. And not so. That's a front because life has put me in front of people and an introvert uh, and, and large groups of people sometimes don't don't go well together. So, um, but I can relate to it. Yeah. It's whatever whatever thou art act. Well, thy part. Yeah. And you know, however, whatever door, I mean, I, you don't seek after these things. Well, when the door opens and, and it's your turn, then by golly, I'm going to go, I'm going to give it a swing. Yeah.
1: And I think too, you know, it's, it's interesting because I've always, even from when I was a young kid, I I've always had this feeling like, I didn't, I don't want to see other people get hurt or be left out or whatever the case may be, you know, I mean, by no stretch of the imagination have I, did I ever master that, especially in my teenage years, it was ugly. All right. So there's a lot of people that would argue this fact, but, um, but yeah, I've always been cognizant of that. And I, and, and, and I think it's. To this day, I mean, that's that's definitely the case, right? You kind of, I, I see someone on the outskirts. I kind of want to go out to the outskirts and hang out with the people on the outskirts and see if I can bring them into the middle, you know? Um, I'm not I'm not great at it, but it's... Yeah, I'll
0: tell, I'll tell people a little secret. Most uh, Most of the time, folks that are sitting in a leadership position, a lot of times are wondering how to sit. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. how to how to how to present themselves and how to yeah uh, you know I mean it's it, it yeah. is it's a it's an uncomfortable it's an uncomfortable situation for sure at least yeah. at least the good ones right I mean the reluctant yeah. leader the humble the humble leader and I think that that's that's that that's important um, yeah. but yeah I think I think that and, and there there have been times where all of a sudden. Um, you'll realize that thing that you struggled with is now not only behind you, but like you were talking about earlier, you are now in a position to help somebody with that trial.
1: Yeah, right. And I've
0: had positions or I've had situations in my life where I am confronted with something that I know is suited for me because of where I have been. For sure. And I've had people say, wow, that is so fantastic that you had that experience because that lesson is exactly what I needed to hear.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's kind of cool.
1: Yeah, it is cool. And I also think too, you know, what's interesting is I I always have this thought like in whatever leadership role you may be in, whether that's work or family or whatever else, my thought is always like, you got to be modeling what this should look like. Right. It's, It's sort of this next man up mentality that I'm not going to be sitting here that long. Someone else is going to have to step into this role, and boy, I, I, and I, I have that mentality because of good people that, that, looking back, were totally committed to modeling how things should should work. To me, you know, I say things sometimes that are just complete robberies of good people that I knew back in when I was a kid. You know, <laughs>
0: well, just- I'll I'll tell you that um like behind the scenes kind of pull back the curtain i can i can guarantee you this if you are anywhere and i am about to, i am about to speak into a microphone i just prayed for grace and i just said to myself bold enthusiasm
1: yeah yeah that's awesome that's dude. what yeah.
0: i'm trying to that's what i'm trying to model because nobody wants to follow somebody that isn't enthusiastic about where they're going. And nothing great has ever been accomplished without enthusiasm, right? In the the recipe. Hey, uh I'm really looking forward to uh what guests might have to say about this next question because I really do believe that we are a product of choices. We are a product of people that we have had an opportunity to interact with. Um, I've shared stories about, you know, about an amazing mom and an and a completely gone dad, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and 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 both of those things have had significant impact on on my life. Um so I'm curious, Tyler, if you could share someone that is on your personal Mount Rushmore and why? And not famous. Right, Abe Lincoln, I get it.
1: <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah.
0: George uh, Bailey, I get it.
1: Are are we are I'm we
0: talking about personal relationships? People that you have had in your life, that and I'm not talking pedestal, right? Yeah. Mount Rushmore is people that you look to, people that you think, "What would so and so do?" I think that's a good that's a good kind of a measure. Mm-hmm. So so someone from your personal Mount Rushmore.
1: Hmm. And okay. I mean, I think, I think I always have to include my mother on, on, on this. Right. But so she's on there and that's a given. I mean, nearly everything that I do, I check myself to what my mom would say to me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's I'm 45. I'm, I'm, I'm still thinking about that. that <laughs> like, that is a
0: great test,
1: right? Yeah. Um, but gosh, I mean, an individual, yeah. Okay. Um, I've got a few, my Mount Rushmore would be pretty crowded, you know, cause it took a lot of people <laughs> to get through my head, but I had, uh, uh, as I, when I was a young, young man, um, probably 14, 15 years old, I had a really, strong, uh, youth leader, uh, name was Michael Ball. Um, and just an amazing guy that, uh, just went out of his way to make sure a bunch of knucklehead kids were, were engaged in the right things. You know, I mean, this was at a time in my life where, um, I had some really good friends, but we like to push the envelope a little bit and do rowdy some rowdy boys. Yeah, we were kind of rowdy, <laughs> and uh, in fact, you know this is great. I mean, one one of my buddies, and and you know him, Kurt. He had Kurt, a yeah, yeah. He had a VW squareback, uh, you know, like late '60s probably, and and we would get in that car and drive around town and cause all kinds of problems, right? And, 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 uh, Michael Ball, um, he put us to work at his construction company. He helped us chop the top off of that car and weld the door shut. And that was like a, <laughs> a process, right? I mean, just everything that you could do to kind of help keep these guys out of trouble. Um, he was just committed to that. Uh, years later, I was 21. I just just got home from serving a mission for my church, uh, moved to Provo, Utah, and we lived in this really ratty house that we'd, we'd throw parties in. And, and uh, some of the music that is provided this morning was played in those parties. Rock the Fuel is Key. <laughs> right. And, and uh, I remember Michael Ball coming over to the house one day, just knocking on the door out of the blue. And he he moved up there with his family. We didn't know that. And he said, "Hey, I heard you guys move. We're in town." And came in, plopped himself down on our couch, and <laughs> proceeded to ask us how we were doing and if we were staying out of trouble. And uh, I just, I, I just, that to me was like, I just thought. I remember thinking like, I want to be that dude, that dude that's just that's worried about other people, that. You know, he has a thought. I'm going to drop by these knuckleheads' house and just see what's going on. And I, I mean, to this day, I if I do stuff like that, it's because Michael Ball was was willing to do that. Um, so yeah, he's he's definitely on my on my Mount Rushmore for sure.
0: Yeah, good answer. I'm going to refer to Paul Chamley for mine. Uh, so Paul Chamley is my wife's uncle. He passed away. Um, oh, I love Paul. handful of years ago uh, like no one did it better. Um, you know, I think that we we talked in the last episode about, uh, lower lights, um, kind of, kind of showing you the navigation home and, uh, Paul Chamley was definitely that for me. Um, you know, you think about it, kids don't come with instructions. We know that a lot of times you, uh, you raise kids how you were raised And so we got that and I would put my mom definitely on my Mount Rushmore. Um, But I'm trying to figure out how to be a dad. Yeah. Right. (laughs) You know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at like, what does a good husband look like? What does a good dad look like? Um, And I'm looking for models. My brain is looking for patterns and looking for, for things that I can, uh, that I can grab onto and then I can incorporate into my own life. And Paul Chamley delivered that in, in uh in buckets man like that guy that guy showed me uh showed me how to live showed me how to love showed me how to be a man of faith uh man i would give anything to have paul as a guest on this show uh i often find myself wondering if i'm making him proud and i think that's ultimate mount rushmore right that's yeah, ultimate that yeah. test of like um you know I, I i hope he's i hope he's looking down and i hope he's helping me um, but I, I I love the stories you and I. I mean, he, he's so epic. He made a golf trip with the guys, right? We we're uh, we're heading off to a U.S. Open, and I I remember calling you guys up and saying, "Hey, I got a guy. We're bringing a guy along." And you're like, "Who's the guy?" And I was like, uh, "Kelly's got an uncle. He's pretty fantastic." And <laughs> and. and <laughs> Hey, you're bringing, you're bringing, wait, 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 hold on you're a second bringing, you're bringing aarp with you
1: <laughs> with paul cham lee when i saw him for the first time i was like mike just figured out how to sour this whole trip <laughs> like this trip has just gone south in the worst way Paul's I, I, gotta, I gotta be honest with you mike i i'm a little i'm a little jealous of the time that you had with Paul Chamley, because the little bit of time that I had with Paul Chamley, I loved that guy. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and he was and just, you know what, you know what, Tyler? Out. Yeah. You,
0: you That's the funeral to go to. Yeah. Right. I was asked to speak at that funeral and yeah. every person shared that love and every yeah. person said what I want said at mine. Right. Felt like I was the most important person in the room when I was with totally. him yeah um i mean service and sacrifice okay so in the church he was called to leadership he was a counselor in the bishopric which means early early morning meetings right so church is a family thing but in leadership it's it's a 10-hour day it's it's a it's a tough grind and it's hard on families and and then he was called to be a counselor to a couple bishops and then later as a bishop so, we're talking about probably a decade worth of service, a decade worth of driving to church in separate cars. Right. right. Paul Chamley, every Sunday morning, met his wife in the lobby as she walked in, gave her a hug, and said, You look cute today. Every Sunday morning.
1: Paul, Paul Chamley.
0: Right? And- that's got, like Wooden writing letters to his yeah. dead wife. Right? Yeah. You don't one of my those one of my, dudes are not they're not around. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm just
1: I'm just super grateful that that you drug his tire old bones to that golf tournament because he was he was the life of the party. And I created a friend that I, I loved, man. And yeah. and one of my few you know, one of my regrets is Paul Chamlee was down here in San Diego and hit me up for dinner, and I was busy, stupid, freaking busy. I love that guy though. Yeah, he 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 belongs up there for
0: sure. Yeah, thinking of Paul right now, thinking yep. of his thinking of his family. Uh, he was born. He was a SoCal guy. He uh, his mom. So we're talking like L.A., Long Beach. Yeah. His mom is pregnant and do any minute. So she goes back to Utah so he can be born in Utah is living there like maybe, you know, two weeks and goes back home to Long Beach at his death. His email was Utah native son.
1: Oh man. Channel. I love that guy. Great guy. I
0: yeah. mean,
1: that, 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 uh, that golf weekend will, will live in my mind forever and and paul is at the forefront of many of the riotous laughs that were had during that trip
0: so. yeah yeah he poured he poured everything he had into every moment with everyone he was with so and okay. and that's that's the that's the dude we're chasing on the show totally and as we bring these folks in they're gonna they're going to be uh they're gonna have that essence about them yeah and and, and it's gonna be in some areas they're gonna be stronger where other guests are going to be uh, you know, they, they they may not have that strength. Every right. week they may not be talking the same language and good at the same things. And that's the variety of life, right? That's the diversity yeah. that we're all looking for. But there's going to be nuggets and there's going to be lessons that these guys have that, man, we need. So I'm excited about that.
1: I am too. I just think like think of all the the people that you've interacted with that have just had Uh, you know i just think of wiseman right some of the things that that guy oh yeah oh my gosh oh
0: yeah he's there actually he's he's he's, there
1: he's there for me man i mean you
0: know and i actually this is how great that is it's educator appreciation week as i mentioned earlier i almost put his name up as a teacher and he's an attorney
1: yeah
0: i i I I think the lessons. lessons You know, when I think of the example he was and the life lessons that he taught, of course, he's a teacher.
1: Mike, I quote him. I quote him to this day. You know, he, he was so good at what I loved about him was his ability to trust people and to empower them to be the best that they could be. And he didn't do it through like coercion or flattery. He just looked you dead in the eyes and said, You know what? You're the right person for this and and you're gonna do this right. And that was it. And I felt obligated, like, I am gonna kill it for this man.
0: I do not no. wanna, I do not want to let him down. Yeah. This and, guy believes in me and yep. I don't believe in me.
1: Right. Uh, yep. yeah. I would walk out of those meetings going, man, he's crazy, but we're gonna try it. And uh, you know, I, I love that. I I quote him all the time. I would tell he would tell me all the time. You know, I'd ask him, hey, can I do this? I'm, I'm thinking about this. And he'd say, you know what? I, I think that you're on the right track. What do you think you should do? And then I'd give him my feedback and he'd say, yeah, you know, you should trust yourself. That that was what he'd tell me. And, and so I would tell people that all the time. I tell people that all the time to this day. Leadership, they ask me, what do you think? I say, what do, you, what do you, tell me what you're thinking. Yeah, you should trust yourself. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, it's powerful stuff. He was a great. A great leader of people, still is. He's still out there.
0: All right, Tyler. Great conversation, man. Thanks for thanks for your vulnerability. Thanks for your answers. I'm looking forward to hearing what our guests say uh, in response to some of these questions. And we'll probably, as the show evolves, we'll we'll add a few. In fact, I think we even threw some out tonight that weren't on the script, and we'll we'll roll those into the script. And every show. We're not going to hit on every question, right? Because our our guests are going to have stories and we want to make sure that we get those stories told because that's where the lessons are going to lie. But the show is called Richest Men in Town. Uh, It's been fantastic to see our guests uh, humbled at the invitation to be on a show with that title. Uh, But we're going to close every show. Every episode of this show is going to be wrapping around that question. So for you, Tyler, What does it mean to you to be the richest man in town?
1: To be the richest man in town to me is to be surrounded by people that I love, that I trust, and uh, that love and trust me and expect the best out of me and demand that from me. That's that's a rich life. What about you, Mike? What does it mean for you to be the richest man in town?
0: Uh, To me, it means that I'm worthy of the trust of the people in my life, uh, that I am uh, walking a path that I would be okay with others following, that I pattern my life after the wisdom of the ages, right? Um, That my life is built on true principles, that uh i know who i'm not and i'm not okay with that um i love that it would be nice to you know it would be nice to not have to worry about college tuition and you know <laughs> not have to worry yeah. about car payments and those kinds of things but um i would i would trade all that right i mean first what does it benefit a man to gain the world and and lose his soul? Uh, I wanna I wanna be comfortable in my own skin. Um, I wanna be worthy of uh, of a of somebody you know n- naming their kid after me. <laughs> um, I, I I've, t- I've talked about this before, but to me, a rich man is a is a man with friends. Yeah. Of like mind of like character. Um, you know, you, I don't want to die with no obituary and no services. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's what it means to me. And that's what we're chasing. And I think that those are worthy things to chase. And I think that our guests are going to have something to, to teach us. And I, it would be curious to come back in a couple of months because I bet you that answer changes for us as well as we have I hope this to, right
1: yeah i hope that that everything's evolving and we're always looking at all right let, how to, how do we get to be better than we are right now if i'm not better than uh in 2 months and i was today then then something's not not firing right so i'm looking forward to this i'm i'm looking forward to uh to our guests i'm looking forward to to exploring some things and 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 i'll i'll be honest i mean i i love every conversation i'm able to have with you and tonight i feel like uh like a rich man, just from the, the conversation that we had.
0: It's good. It's good. All right, let's do something with it. All right. Yeah. Until next time. Sounds good. Be good. Do good. Good idea, Ernie. A toast <laughs> to my big brother George, the richest man in town. <laughs>